Welcome to Fields of Consciousness, the podcast for consciousness conversations with your host, myself, Jeffrey Stegman. And myself, Clayton Stedman. <laughs> As consciousness explorers and founders of Focus Life Force Energy, we're here to bring a holistic approach to consciousness and share practical examples of how you can take your life to the next level. From your personal energy to your habits, let's explore together how consciousness influences and interacts with our everyday experiences. In this episode, we discuss chi, prana, and personal energy. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Clayton. How are you? Hey, Jeff. Doing good? Good to see you. Yeah. Welcome, everyone, to this episode. Uh, we discuss today how to increase your personal energy and what we mean by that and um, how it can be affected by fields of consciousness. Yeah, so let's talk about what we mean by personal energy first, just so we have a framework to, uh, to have the conversation in. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our research is done through kinesiology, as we've said in previous episodes, and uh, we're going to share a couple of things with you that we've uh, discovered you know, through our research methods. So most of us uh, consider that our energy comes from the food that we eat, which of course it does. If you don't eat and you get hungry, you'll eventually get retired. So um, now for those of you who are into the work of Dr. David Hawkins, um, the level of consciousness of the following concept is about 920 out of 1,000. So that means there's quite a bit of room for truth. If you're not familiar with uh, Dr. David Hawkins, then you can look him up on the internet and explore his um, way of measuring uh, truth through muscle testing or uh, kinesiology. So let's- I, would just, I would just insert there, Clayton, that... Um- for us, I mean, we're a little geeky in this uh, area where we're looking for that 999 or 1,000 truth. But 920 is an unusually high truth as well. Yeah. I mean, we'd have to um, sort of pull all this apart. And we were, when we were planning this, we, we were looking for a way to get it higher. And we found some ways, but it just didn't feel like we were able to uh, own that one personally. And I don't like talking about things in public that I don't. I'm not able to own uh, unless it's just a, you know, kind of a social conversation or we're exploring. So just to give you an idea that it is a high truth and there is some room for truth. So if we look at what percentage of our energy comes from the food that we eat, for the average person on the planet, it's a, historically it's about 15% from our food. Hmm. Now you want that's to, all, huh? That's all, Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you want to talk about the next one, Jeff? Well, then the, yeah, the immediate environment, um, you know, which is all the air around us, the kind of the energy in the, in the environment around us is 65%. So that just has blown me away when you've told me this, Clayton, that only 15% of our energy, personal energy comes from food. 
and 65% comes from the immediate environment, whether it's through the breath, you know, energy coming in through the breath, uh, absorption, um, you know, into us in other ways, you know, maybe through the skin or through our, through our subtle bodies. And um, so that's what we're talking about is life force energy, also known as um, chi or prana. And they're subtle energies. So we'll explain what subtle energies uh, are later. Yeah, so the, the point is there's a lot more in the air than oxygen and hydrogen and helium and all the mm -hmm. other you know, micro gases or mm -hmm. minute gases. There is uh, a life force in the air. And uh, the last one is the magnetic forces of the earth or, mag or the magnetic fields mm -hmm. of the earth. And it's about 20%. Hmm. So there is a, a synergy that happens when you have food, you have good air, and you uh, have the magnetic influence of the earth. Hmm. And so that's, um, that's part of the challenge with going into space is if we're there a long hmm. time, our body is not is getting the, um, that influence in the way that we're, you know, we've been... Um, mm -hmm we've been, I guess, used to, or we've, we've adapted to over time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the magnetic force fields of the earth, they change. Um, there's other associated concepts with that called the Schumann resonance. There's different, you know, mm. ways of measuring that. So that's a bigger topic than we wanted to go into today around this. We really just wanted to make the point that it doesn't all come from the food. Well, and the majority is the environment, which is, and we've been talking in previous podcasts about episodes about fields of consciousness and what's around us and high fields and low fields. And wow, 65% of our energy comes from the environment we're in. And, you know, paying attention to that environment's really pretty important. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So we, and we, we briefly mentioned subtle energies um, so it'd be good to define that. So we're, we're kind of all on the same page about it. And in FLFE, we, we have our own glossary of terms that we use, um, when the base, the, the definitions that are out there, maybe in the Webster's dictionary or other major dictionaries aren't, aren't this, you know, good enough. They're not, uh, detailed enough. So we have a subtle energy definition um, that we can, I'll just speak it out here. It's, it's kind of good for us to be on the same page, but so subtle energy is defined as, um, and not limited to, you know, one or more forms of energy. So there could be different kinds of subtle energies and they're, they don't appear to be within the current sort of measurable electromagnetic spectrum. So science has a lot of instruments for measuring, you know, these different electromagnetic frequencies within the spectrum. Um, so some of the described, you know, ener uh, subtle energies or systems which have a, uh, a partial or limited description might be chi, uh, which we mentioned earlier, prana, uh, life force, love, kundalini, oregon energy, um, zero point energy, plasma energy, or a field, thought energy, energy of consciousness, 
which we've talked about in fields of consciousness, uh, spiritual energy, uh, ether, energy of intention and intuition. Um, so there's a lot, there's a lot there. And um, fields of consciousness seem to be composed of these different forms of subtle energy, um, including life force energy, which we tend to focus on more often, uh, prana and chi. And we'll be talking a lot more about prana and chi, life force energy, uh, the rest of, for today in this episode. Yeah, and there are, um, there are people who see auras and they mm. can read auras and give you a pretty accurate description of what's going on in your life uh, based upon the colors around you. Mm. Um, so there are, there are people that can do that. And there's emerging technologies like the, like the gas discharge visualization camera that, um, mm. that is commonly being used in consciousness research now. Mm. Uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza uses it in his, uh, in his workshops. And we mm. actually use the same practitioner, Melissa K. Waterman, to do a gas discharge visualization study for uh, for FLFE. And you know, one of the things that it measures is the amount of chaos or and the amount of entropy in an environment. Mm -hmm. And so there's um, there are technologies that are emerging, and as science continues to create these more, uh, we'll say, mm. subtle energy devices or more refined ways of exploring energy, then we'll have more and more confirmation. And I think it's just good to remember that there's subjectivity with humans, of course, and that we are in many ways the best, uh, you know, instrument for measuring subtle energies that's available. Hmm. Uh, you know, if you just notice how you feel around people that are positive and how you feel around people who are always negative, you know, mm -hmm. it's good to respect the the magic of the human body that we all mm -hmm. uh, have been, you know, so lucky to inherit. Yeah, Melissa was telling me at the at the Dr. Joe Dispenza events, she was doing both, um, you know, individual kind of aura readings. Mm -hmm. So the machine that she has, it's a very sophisticated Russian model. You can put your when it's set up a certain way, you can put your finger or part of your body into a little reader and it reads, you know, the aura energy around the person or, you know, as indicated by that body part. And then there's a different attachment that you put in that looks like this Sputnik, you know, mm -hmm. um, satellite that measures the energy of the room. And so besides kind of chaos and, you know, harmonization of the energy. She's also looking at the total energy. So she, at the Dr. Joe Dispenza, they were seeing the energy go higher during these meditation events. And that was measuring the field that they were activating or creating together there. Yeah. It's just not a, a language that is in everyday use. Uh, so people, mm -hmm. um, it just takes a little bit of time to create a personal relationship with what does that mean to you and how do you notice mm -hmm. it? Uh, some people are very, very sensitive to acupuncture, or acupressure, or chiropractic, you know, Reiki. Um, and, you know, mm -hmm. they go to a session, they really feel the energy move. Mm -hmm. And certain parts of their body might tingle, which, you know, indicates kind of an, an enlivenment. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's just a, not a common 
mm-hmm. conversation in our society. That's why we're trying to create a framework that you can step into and, and have a personal relationship with that. Mm-hmm. So Clayton, do you, can you see some aura colors? Every once times? in a while I, I can, I, I can't, it's not a conscious, I don't have conscious control over it. Mm. Uh, I've taken some training in it and I've seen enough auras to know that I believe it's real. And mm. then it was like, well, you know, what are the benefits of spending the time to train myself to have conscious control over it? If I could, some people have a, a, a gift they're born with mm-hmm. and some people have to work at other things. So I just didn't take the time to, to refine it. Yeah. And some people believe these energies are multidimensional or there's, there's a dimensional mm-hmm. um, component to it. And um, it might be something we get into in another episode um and prana is one of the terms we mentioned and many of you might have heard the the word prana before it's it's used often um in different yoga circles or different yoga teachings um it's a sanskrit word which uh sanskrit's such an interesting language um you know, there's a lot of chant, chanting in Sanskrit is very powerful in the form of chants. And um, we believe that it does Sanskrit chanting of the right words and the right sequence, you know, has a historical, has a history to it. And it activate, can activate a high consciousness field or a, con- a consciousness field like we've been talking about. Um, so in a Sanskrit dictionary, if you looked up prana, you would see breath of life vitality, life, um, and it's in food. It's thought of as a kind of food, um, which confirms what we're saying, that the environment, which includes prana, so prana in, is, is thought to be in the environment everywhere, and, um, and it's thought of as a kind of food. And particularly in um, Ayurvedic medicine, um, which is, you know, in, in, in the Hindu kind of Indian science, uh, dealing with kind of herbal treatments um, and all sorts of related things to your energy and your health and well-being and the type of food you should be eating and, you know, when you should go to sleep. And there's, there's a lot of things that Ayurvedic medicine does. And some of the practices are to conserve or to uh, increase uh, prana or life force energy in your body. So there's practices around that. And then, no, Clayton, you had you studied uh, Paramahansa Yogananda's work, and he talks about prana as well. Yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't say I'm a. I haven't. I wasn't a member of the Self Realization Fellowship, but I certainly read uh, Autobiography of a Yogi multiple times. And when I became good at kinesiology, I went through that book and, you know, mm. tested the level of consciousness of different parts of the uh, parts of the book and some of the teachings in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Paramahansa was one of the um, first people that came into the West and brought some of the Eastern teachings. So he's sort of an iconic figure for many of us. Um, yeah, and he, he had a certain a name for, uh, for Prani, he called it life force. And, um, I'm just recalling, um, 
an event that I seen a I seen a documentary about this man who they locked in a room for a week with no food. Mm. He was a Eastern yogi mystic. He was quite a high consciousness person. He was particularly mm-hmm. high in health. Mm-hmm. So when you're measuring consciousness, you can measure consciousness in different parts of a person's life. And he had nothing to eat or drink. And mm. he was, uh, you know, cognizant. He would hold a conversation. And he said he was able to create a, a type of food out of uh, prana. Mm. And um, they asked him to show them what it was. And it was a small, and, you know, before he went in there, they checked his mouth and they, he was, wasn't wearing much. There wasn't much to search. And so he didn't have any food with him in there. Then there was people that had searched the whole place. There was no food. They locked the door. He couldn't get out. Um, and he had a small accumulation of uh, prana life, you know, I think he called it prana in his, um, in his mouth after a couple of days. And he might've been swallowing other ones, but it was about the size of half the size, well, half the size of your thumb, maybe a third of the size of your thumb. And, and then uh, it was like a, a roundish white, kind of white gray, almost mm. like a little bit of dough. And he mm, said that was, um, yeah, he said that was prana and he was able to extract it from the air using a certain uh, breathing technique. So mm-hmm. just thought that the worst meant that that's worth mentioning. I mean, most people won't believe it. Sometimes you don't believe stuff, even if you see it, because it's so far out of our um, awareness that it's hard to imagine it's true. So um, there has been, you know, that, I, I don't know the name of that documentary and probably I should, you know, see if I can find it. And if I do, I'll put it in the notes, but I don't know if I'll be able to find it. But that's an example of people, you know, who spent the time and energy to, uh, to be able to live like that. And so uh, I found that quite interesting. Yeah. It's like the breatharian movement where, people are saying they can live on minerals, you know, like live mm-hmm. by the sea and have the sea mist bring in the minerals and, and, and live on breath alone. So I don't know if it's true and don't, we don't really have any evidence around that, but, but definitely, you know, if 65% of your energy is coming from the air around you, the environment around you, the, the consciousness fields around you, then, seems like if you could get some of the basic building blocks of uh, minerals, maybe it could work. I don't know. I've met two people that said they were breatharians, and one had to live close, at least as during part of the process. The one had to spend a lot of time at a waterfall, and the other one mm-hmm. had to spend a lot of time close to the ocean where the waves were hitting the shore, you know, almost a cliff-like area, and they hit the, the water hit the waves, and it went up into the air and – and that's that's where they found they could get the energy they needed, and it was a two-year process for one of them to go through, and the other one's about an eighteen-month mm. process. So it's, mm. I believe them, um, mm. but you know, I wasn't following them around for two years. So <laughs> yeah, and there are different, yeah. you know, in terms of breathing exercises, uh, Paramahansa is, you know, really known for uh, uh, Kriya Yoga. And there's lots of different types of breathing disciplines out there: Hatha Yoga, Pranayama. And so these uh, are some of the things you can do to increase and retain 
your life force energy or prana or chi. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a little later on here. And I mean, most people, when they think of subtle energies and, and the, and, you know, that alternative field, they talk about, well, they think about Tesla. So you want to talk mm-hmm. about Tesla a little bit, Jeff? Yeah. One of our favorite people. Um, I mean, he certainly was uh, working hard on, on personal energy and, you know, electrical energy and sources of that. But he also talked, did talk about prana. And one of his quotes is the life-giving prana or creative force calling into existence in never-ending cycles, all things and phenomena. Uh, that was in 1930. So, we, you know, he recognized it and its importance and the fields around us containing uh, lots of energy. And that energy uh, can be available to us, you know, either through or directly through our bodies, like we're talking about, or, uh, with, you know, he was looking to harvest energy with different types of oscillating, alternating current, you know, through coils, high-speed alternating current through coils and things like that. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's an interesting one. Yeah, and there's... Uh... So let's talk a little bit more about life force energy, Jeff, and mm-hmm. how it relates to um, its state. Because there's, mm. you know, in our research, it's it seemed that the energy, depending on how it's defined, it needs to be moving. So you want to talk a mm. little bit about that? Hmm. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, life force energy in our bodies. So in Chinese medicine, and I've had some experience with Chinese medicine, uh, going to a Chinese medicine practitioner at a time when my energy was fairly low. And uh, after, you know, the reading of the pulse, he did some acupuncture with me and told me that there were blocks in certain part of my body and then so my qi. So in Chinese medicine, they're using the word qi or CHI or QI is another name for life force energy, but that whole Chinese medicine, you know, is really looking at the flow of life force energy or the flow of chi, as they say it, and that unblocking of the flow and balancing, maybe increasing the flow with herbs. I definitely did some herbal treatments in Chinese medicine too, and it seemed to increase my energy. Um, it's, you know, very techniques like acupuncture and acupressure and things like that can help in Chinese medicine to, to get the qi flowing or get the life force energy flowing. So, yeah, it seems to be, you know, that prana, it may be one form of life force energy and qi is another way of saying the movement of that energy through our bodies and maybe through an environment like, like in, um, uh, feng shui we may t- we talk about that later so what about going to the chiropractor clayton i know you you go pretty regularly and i've, I've talked to you in in an altered when you're in an altered state after going there uh occasionally yeah i typically go once a week just as a maintenance issue i mean probably spend too much time sitting and working so mm-hmm. if you're not as active mm-hmm. uh, if you don't do something to keep your body aligned, then uh, you can get pretty jammed up. So yeah, we were joking earlier with chiropractor. It's actually chiropractor, but uh, <laughs> I'll have to ask uh, my chiropractor about that. 
And it's, um, you know, it's sometimes you, well, sometimes I get um, benefits just from the, um, my chiropractor calls it act- activating the proprioceptors in the, in the mm-hmm. body, which helps it, mm-hmm. the body um, find, find itself in space, mm-hmm. which is really quite interesting because um, sometimes you get, I mean, the, there's different types of chiropractic. The, the type that I go was go to, you have sometimes that, that pop when there's an adjustment made and things are mm-hmm. put into place. And uh, yeah, there's been times when there's a big adjustment and there is, there's a, there's, it's like an altered, yeah, there's an altered state afterwards where it takes a little while mm-hmm. to, to, you know, get your thinking straight again. And I, I try to, you know, make any decisions. I've left the chiropractor and, Usually I like to walk around the block if I can for, you know, 15 minutes and just kind of get back in my body and, and uh, get centered, if you will. Yeah, we can talk more later about un- what that unblocking of the energetic system or chi can, can do for you and why it's important. But I hadn't heard that about proprioception in chiropractic, you know, I'm always think it's well, the bones are out of place and so they're blocking the chi flow and that's the reason. But so part of the moving the joints and or the bones back into place is part of the body kind of resetting itself or Well there, there's the obvious part about moving the bones back in place, but mm-hmm. so when when there's tension in an area an adjustment is attempted, sometimes the adjustment can have the the effect that you're looking for without the, the traditional pop or mm. popping noise. I don't want to say crack, you know, but it's like <laughs> there's the, you know, a crack in your back, but yeah, there's, there's a, there's a benefit just from activating the proprioceptors that I didn't know about. Cause I'd have adjustments. There wasn't any, any noise, but they seemed to work. And I was asking about that. It was actually the last time I was in, he said, Oh yeah, well that's the, you're stimulating the and resetting the proprioceptors when you when you mm-hmm. do that, and you know he's um, he's pushing areas pretty uh, hard, um, and, and I think it's a form of acupressure, quite frankly. And you know mm-hmm. he's holding an area with a fair bit of tension and then making an adjustment, and so I think that's uh, how he um, aligns the proprioceptors, yeah, mm-hmm. or resets them. So we've, we talked about um, feng shui in, in episode um, five, and certainly another, they use qi in their languages, they talk about it. How does qi and feng shui work together? What's, the, what's your understanding of that, Clayton? Yeah, well, the environments have a health to them, just like mm-hmm. your body. And in my experience in feng shui, and I've had a lot of places that I've lived in feng shui, at least at least a half a dozen, mm. is that the uh, there is more relaxation in the environment. There's more mental clarity. There's a greater appreciation of the environment, and uh, it's really quite interesting. It, it's uh, there's a, there's a there's a energy in an environment, and so you could say that the chi is or the life force of prana is flowing better in that environment. Mm after a feng shui session. And I mean, sometimes the feng shui practitioners have come back four or five times and, you know, they say, well, we're really only half done as to what the environment could uh, express for you. And that's, mm-hmm. that's interesting. 
And as, as we've said before, we do have some feng shui practitioners who use FLFE as well and notice the difference in having more chi available in the, in the environment. In fact, we're in, we're in a book about that, actually, one of our referral partners. Yeah, when, when we were doing consciousness research on the number of points on the Hawkins map of consciousness that the average home in, uh, in the world goes up when it's treated um, by a feng shui practitioner who's had, you know, like, like at least three years professional experience and has been trained at a, at a, a certain level, the mm. average home was up about 40 points. Mm. And that's mm. pretty significant. So that's uh, 40 to the power of 10. Mm. And, and, and so it's, um, it's worth doing. I think, I think it's mm. a good investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, you know, why do it? And it's the same with the FLFE environment, which might be 150 points or more mm-hmm. um, increase in, in energy available, cheap run available. So, you know, we'll, we're talking here about chi and prana kind of in life force energy really to explain what it is. And, you know, it's important to increase mm-hmm. it. And we'll, we'll get it into more detail as to what it, what it can really do for your life. Um, but a lot of these practices, a lot of these traditions are all about how do you increase it? How do you get more energy in your body, more life force energy in your body? And we mentioned uh, breathing exercises, you know, the Kriya Yoga, and there's many in Ayurvedic and other places. There's all sorts of different kinds of breathing exercises where you're breathing, you know, breath of fire either very quickly and you're bringing a lot of prana in and in some of those practices you're kind of tightening your pelvic floor to hold the prana you know in in your body rather than have it have it uh leave your body in some way so those are i know you had given me some some breathing exercises clayton it was like a breath of fire with a with a hold um from one of the the uh, eastern based philosophy that you used to be part of yeah, I, I spent 11 years in an Eastern-based uh, philosophy it was in the West, but it was Eastern-based in, in that it was there was a lot of emphasis on on uh, breathing exercises, you know, a certain type of diet, um, a numerology base to it as well. And yeah, the, the 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 whole world of breathing exercises is that's a big world, and there's mm-hmm. many yoga traditions, of course, that use uh, different. Uh, types of breathing and different patterns of holding and inhaling and exhaling. And, you know, it's, it's a science. Yeah. It's a big topic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So acupuncture, acupuncture, acupressure, we were just talking about to, to clear blockages. So this idea of an energetic blockage. So, you know, we talked about maybe bones being out of place that could be a be a blockage, but there also seems to be uh, stuck energy related to our beliefs or our patterns or our even addictions. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one thing we've really noticed with FLFE where that's, you know, one of the ways to, to really move you forward is to release those blockages and, you know, then it allows more energy. So we're talking about how to build more energy in your body. Well, if you can clear those blockages, then the flow, we talked about the flow of chi can happen, the movement of energy 
can enliven uh, the parts of the body. So um, anything else on, you know, clearing blockages um, comes to mind for you, Clayton? I mean, exercise is another one that seems to work for me personally. Yeah, you're, you're really consistent with that. Uh, I think the closer we are aligned with truth, the more free we are in many ways, including having conscious control over our energy system. Hmm. So being able to function at will in a certain way, there's a lot, that's a pretty, I think a pretty good definition of freedom. Hmm. Um, I think it's good to remember that when you have a shock or trauma that's unprocessed or that you haven't made peace with it, hmm. it gets stole, stored in the auric field of the body, which is connected to the physical body. And uh, there's lots of uh, teachings out there about how to release those. Mm. And for those of you who had experience and experience in getting a certain realization or getting uh, a new insight or, or letting go of an old story, mm. if you want to call it that, or a, an old negative mm. belief system. Uh, if you've had experiences like that, nobody can tell you that you don't get more energy from it. That's why when you go to a lot of these, uh, you know, personal development courses, training programs, and you know, I've been to lots, Jeff. I mean, we talked about mm-hmm. Joe Dispenza uh, earlier. We, you know, if you have an any integrist teacher like Dr. Joe, and then you'll typically are energized by that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, you need to leave yourself some room after those programs to integrate the the teachings because it does take energy to integrate as well. And, um, and oftentimes it's a, there's a bit of a breakdown breakthrough that happens. You, you know, some of the old ideas are broken down, new ones emerge there, you know, you have a breakthrough and, uh, it's just a good, I think it's good to mention that if you're going to do a lot of that type of work, give yourself some room after the course, a day or two, just to relax and, and, uh, and be with a new awareness because if you're not present with it, then it tends to tends to slip away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. It really brings in level of consciousness as well as you're, you know, as you're doing this personal work. That like having realizations, or maybe it's a forgiveness practice, mm-hmm. or some you know large kind of bump up in your amount of love that you're carrying around in your everyday life towards, towards everyone is an increase in consciousness, which is an increase in energy. You know, we know Mm -hmm. that each point upwards in consciousness is 10 times, 10 times more energy present. So it's just another way to, um, you know, to increase your personal energy is go having a practice that, uh, you know, personal development practice of some kind that moves you forward. Yeah, and that's, that's on the Hawkins map of consciousness. It's logarithmic, so one point up is 10 times more power. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. being uh, that we spend all day talking, well, every day we talk about the Hawkins map. It's just part of our work, so we to remember to, you know, usually I'm the one that makes that mistake, so thanks, John. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for catching it. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so we got meditation. Certain meditations can increase your energy. Uh, we actually mm-hmm. have a meditation on our website by Regina Meredith. It's actually a, a life force energy meditation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's particularly oriented towards um, the, the company and its service. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I'll give a couple of examples of high consciousness fields, Jeff. So spending uh, time in high consciousness fields. Um, we talked about that in episode two. So if you're near somebody who is a high level of consciousness, uh, both Jeff and I have been to Amma the Hugging Saint. I think we've told that story before. Uh, Amma Bhagavan are, of the Oneness Movement are very high. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The Dalai Lama, his aura is actually, you know, he's quite high, obviously. and uh, But his aura is even higher. So his aura, there's a 300-foot uh, aura around the Dalai Lama that calibrates at 850. Um oh watching Dr. David Hawkins videos. Um, that's another way. Uh, you want to pick up a couple more, Jeff? Yeah. So, so we're talking about a high consciousness field and we, as Clayton said, episode two, we really define what that is and yeah, being around those people. And I've had some really incredible experiences with Amma Bhagavan oneness and Amma the hugging saint. And yeah, that, that energized feeling where you're in that super, concentrated prana environment it must be there must be so much life force energy available that just just comes into the body it just comes in and really elevates us so if you can get around those people it's great um but more often if you can find a good reputable like loving healer or energy worker that that um you go see often they consciously or unconsciously, they open a, a high consciousness field when they do their work. So you would act, you would benefit by being in that, in that field with them. So that's another kind of more closer to home, more in your control. They seen these big, these big name people are, you know, it's kind of a once in a, not once in a lifetime, but it may be a once in a year uh, activity. And, uh, FLFE, the free trial on FLFE is a high consciousness field. You could try that, see, see what you notice. And then sacred places. Um, have you traveled to, to some of the cathedrals, Clayton, or other pilgrimage spots? Have you been to any personally? Yeah, well, the, the highest natural, the highest consciousness natural formation on the planet that is not um i would say that's not a that doesn't have a building on it mm. there's been lots of ceremonies there that isn't that doesn't have a technology supported consciousness environment like like flfe can provide the highest spot on the planet's about 5 hours from from nelson where where the head mm. office is mm. and um so it's probably um uh, worth a bit of a conversation. I don't know if we're going to do that today, but it's, it's at a place called, uh, if you search it online, it's called the center of the universe. It's at a, um, in a, uh, and I'd say abandoned, but, um, uh, it was a gold mine that is not, uh, being mined anymore. It's at, it's up on Vedette Lake, uh, or at the top of the chain of lakes that are, uh, one of them is Vedette Lake. And it's uh, it's up a it's up a road called I think it's called Dead Man's Road, which is kind of a morbid road. But you know that place has been used uh, for uh, centuries, apparently by the natives and doing different ceremonies. And there's a whole story about mm-hmm. that if you can find it online, Center of the Universe. And it calibrates. It's got some concentric circles around it. There's about a 20 foot center 
uh, it's on this ridge where five canyons come together. It's really quite fascinating. You can hear the wind howl as it comes down the canyons, and it almost sounds like a, mm-hmm. um, uh, one of those big pipe organs, you know. Maybe howl mm-hmm. isn't the right word. We can hear the wind make noises. It's a very interesting place. It's a bluff. You know, it's safe mm-hmm. to go there, and there's a mm-hmm. – I don't know. I haven't been there for a few years, but there's a, there's a, there's a gentleman who was the steward of the place – uh, his name's Ray. If he still owns the dead gold mine, he's, he does a good job of taking care of it. Mm. And uh, yeah, I've been there half a dozen times. It's it's mm. it's a, it's extraordinary. Well, if you if you visit British Columbia, you can can head for that. You can that would be interesting? I'd, yeah, I've never been there. I've been to you know some cathedrals in the United States and in Europe. Um, and those are really high spots, some of those. Yeah, I've been to some big churches. I lived in Vancouver for 20 years. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I've been to most of the big ones, especially when I got decent at kinesiology and I would go around and you know, you'd find a little corner in one of the churches that was really high and you're trying to figure out why, you know, mm-hmm. probably some ley line or something there. But I, I wasn't really good enough to at figuring out what was causing the condition. I was more about just measuring it. But, uh, it would be a great episode in the future, like a a uh, trip around the world to all the highest uh, consciousness locations, highest fields. Um, yeah, yeah. There's we, uh, the highest one is actually not that well known. Um, it's only a few points higher than like the classic Chartres cathedrals and some of the bit larger ones in Europe. But that mm-hmm. that would be interesting to to do. Yeah. So I think talking about increasing your personal energy would be incomplete without talking about how to manage how to manage it once once you've got it you know once it's in your body mm-hmm. and um so i know we we talked about this earlier clayton like there's a physical mental and spiritual aspect to that um yeah how do you how do you how do you um think about the the physical part of managing your personal energy well, I guess the last thought maybe on sort of we talked about how we accumulate it and how to create it, and then we're talking about really mm-hmm. how to spend it now. So mm-hmm. probably the mm-hmm. last part on on the accumulating it is just to be happy, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, you know, find joyful, well paid work, be around positive people, do things you love to do, mm-hmm. and uh, this is one thing that you and your brother do really well, Jeff, is you you manage uh, the moods well, mm-hmm. and you talk a lot about that in your other companies. Mm-hmm. And um, that's something I've always yeah, appreciated about you. You're not a moody person. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> not not publicly, at not least. Not publicly, at least, yeah. <laughs> and not yet. <laughs> so if we're talking about how to, uh, how do we spend our energy? Where does it go? So in the physical. So let's start with the most energy-consuming process of the body, and that is digestion. So digestion, you know, the factors that influence that are about just the amount of food, you know, no matter how good it is, if you eat way too much, it's going to cause, you know, uh, a lot of energy to be used to digest it. Then we've got the types of food that you're, that you're eating that are positive for you. And the classic one these days is gluten insensitivity. I, I don't do well with wheat, not so much gluten sensitive, but I, mm. if I eat wheat, I know it's going to happen. And then uh, there's combinations, you know, if you eat meat and uh, fruit, you tend to get a lot of gas, you know, whatever your digestion uh, tells you to eat and not eat. And then, uh, you know, 
if we're spending it on the positive side, of course, exercise adds energy and you can overtrain or do exercises that, you know, decrease your life force. But, uh, there's yeah, a, that, that's an interesting one to me, Clayton, that, you know, cause you think, well, physical activity like exercise is using, you know, it's spending your yeah. personal energy, but it's almost a paradox that you're then gaining more energy. But if you think of it in terms of 65% of your energy comes from your environment and much of it may come in through the lungs, through breathing, prana, or whatever these, this life force energy, whatever kind of form it's in. So I guess, you know, if you're in an exercise and you're breathing more heavily, you're taking deeper breaths, that you're bringing energy in through the environment uh, during that physical exercise. Yeah, Does that make sense oh, as yeah. to why you're, you have a net gain when you're actually expending, you know, energy? Yeah, I think it's part of it. And, uh, you know, our bodies were designed to move. Our bodies aren't mm -hmm. designed to be sedentary like most of the, you know, the way most of us live, especially mm -hmm. the amount of screen mm -hmm. time we spend as individuals and as society. And when mm -hmm. you're moving your body, you're, you know, you're move, activating the lymph and, um, you know, our bodies are designed to be active and stimulated. So mm -hmm. if, if you're not using uh, the body the way it's designed, then it's going to deteriorate. Mm. And so you're spending some of your personal energy on, on exercise yeah. and you're increasing your overall energy by doing that. So it's a, that's like a great way to spend it. Um, and it seems that the, the flow of chi or life force energy through the body is also, we've talked about that. You can unblock, you know, through physical activity, you're moving your joints, your muscles that you can then, it's like there's, you have this reservoir of chi or prana life force energy in the environment and more so in an FLFE or an, or another high consciousness field. And then through exercise or other ways to unblock, then you're able to bring more in. Maybe you get the roadblocks out of the way that you get more energy. Yeah. I mean, the benefits of exercise, you know, that's, that's a, there's a lot of conversations to have about that. I mean, your body gets alkalized when you exercise. There's so many things that, that happen that are beneficial. Some that we might not mm -hmm. even understand, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's un undoubtable. It's undoubtable that, uh, there's an investment you have to make. And it's interesting about exercise and you're, you know, you're way more versed in this than me, Jeff, but when you, if I haven't been exercising for a while, it's hard to get going. But then once you get going, man, if you don't exercise, you just miss it so much. Right. I mean, I know that mm -hmm. we're on the phone sometimes and you're literally like restless to go and work out and, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. And we talked about mood, you know, as part of, it's really kind of the mental uh, energy management, spending it, you know. Mm -hmm. So it, it includes thoughts and emotions. So we don't, we don't tend to think about that much, but there, there really is this mental energy that we spent, can spend. Um, and if you have a temper and you you're, haven't managed your moods or it's one of your areas of personal development that you're working on that there's a lot of energy that can go into an anger to it, to an, to an anger incident. And that's a spending of our energy. And, um, so managing moods and kind of working to, um, 
you know, find those triggers that we have and do the personal work on those triggers and what's behind the trigger, maybe the trauma that's behind the trigger. And like you said, Clayton, those ways of clearing trauma from our system so that we don't get triggered into those those wastes of energy, really. I mean, they're they're just our energies gets channeled and it may have nothing to do with deepening our relationships or, you know, our work. It's just like a side side road. Yeah, when we were talking about this earlier, it reminded me of the movie Groundhog Day, you know, and uh, <laughs> the classic one with, I think it was Bill Murray. I'm trying to remember his name. Yeah, Bill yeah. Murray. Mm-hmm. And the way he escaped was by contributing to other people's lives and um, becoming a more loving person. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, you know, it's a great metaphor for life. The way you become more mm-hmm. free is you contribute and become a more loving person. That's how you become free. Mm-hmm. And then the, the mental part of where we spend our, our energy, you know, managing your thoughts is a fairly subtle process until you find you're in a mood or you have a, you, you know, you're losing your temper, you become known as the angry person. And, you know, that's a, that's a, a progression where you're going, you know, you're going in a negative spiral. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I think that negativity, you get more stuck and you're more, you know, and then you're in Groundhog Day on the negative side where mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're just repeating the same lessons over and over again with different faces mm-hmm. because life, at least in my opinion, is a school. And mm-hmm. if we're not graduating from the class, we're repeating that experience over and over again, sometimes with a different face, but it's the same energy. It's the same energetic mm-hmm. classroom. It just may not look like the same person. (laughs) Well, and we've talked in previous episodes about thoughts that our thoughts might not be our thoughts. They might be a thought that's from the environment or from a ancestral pattern or larger society. And then we add to it, you know, we kind of run with it. Well, we got this thought. What's the next thought? What's the next thought? What's the emotions related to it? And so that management of our thoughts, or at least noticing our thoughts and just asking, is that my thought, really helps in this sort of mental, emotional thought part of managing our energy and spending our energy. Um, Yeah, a a big part of thought management, uh, if you learn about breathing exercises, is to do deep breathing because that increases your personal energy almost immediately as the alveoli mm. and, the, and the lungs are absorbing that prana or chi. Uh, and mm. there's, you know, there's, an, there's an, all these nerves in the lungs that take that into the solar plexus and throughout the body. And mm-hmm. that will increase your personal energy right away and help you manage your thoughts, which mm. oftentimes, you know, we're talking about how you spend energy. So if you're spending energy on a train of thought that is taking you to a place that you don't want to end up in, and it's usually, mm. you know, it's usually evident if you pay attention to your thoughts where a line of thinking is going to take you. Mm-hmm. Then energizing your body through exercise or just deep breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's how it's one of the ways you can become free. Yeah, that's that's interesting, Clayton. That reminds me of times when we've, you know, we've been working on something. We maybe we're in our th- third hour of mm-hmm. a meeting and we're trying to f- solve some issue and we're low in energy. It, I really have noticed that the thought management becomes a lot more difficult. 
you yeah. know, the lower we are in energy, the more the thoughts kind of run away. And um, yeah, we lose our freedom. We lose control of, uh, not that we're trying to control everything, but that that the thought patterns aren't serving us and, and it's really hard to change it when the energy's low. So increasing our energy is a way to help. It, it's like a positive spiral that then helps us to manage our thoughts and emotions. Yeah, and, uh, I know you made just a little segue here. We have a, I use a rebounder a lot, a little personal rebounder. I bought a mm-hmm. seller sizer. They're the best one that I know of. And that's a great way to change your state. Two minutes on a rebounder, just doing a little health bounce, that they call it, which is just simply just going up and down. You know, it gets everything moving and uh, sometimes good music and, you know, turn up the music, dance by yourself, you know, take a shower, <laughs> you know, run up and down the stairs, do some push ups, just get out of your head and just get the energy moving. And then you can usually come back and, you know, if we're trying to get, figure something out and it's been a couple hours, then. If we, sometimes you're better to take five minutes and do something and then come back and, and wrap it up. Mm-hmm. At least you're wrapping it up on a positive note instead of like, Oh, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fading out. Yeah. yeah fading out. Yeah. The, I, I've noticed too, in thought management and emotional management is uh, recently electronic entrainment. So watching a YouTube video, I, I love those people are awesome videos. You know, where people are doing really amazing physical things with their bodies and they're, you know, skiing and doing baskets from, you know, across, you know, a long distance and just all those kind of like people are amazing in their physical bodies. But man, once I get into one of those, then there's the next one and the next one. And it's an emotion, there's a thought management emotional management there for me personally. And I think a lot of us as well, where you can get into those, those rabbit holes and, you know, you've wasted a lot of energy, personal energy on something that really has no bearing on your life. There may be some joy that you can get from appreciating beauty and people, you know, and people doing amazing things. But what's your experience with that, Clayton? Yeah. I don't know anybody that hasn't been lost on YouTube or, you know, just watching too many movies for hours. And it's a lot of, it's really interesting in the beginning, but there's something happens where you get, you seem to get sucked in mm-hmm. and uh, we call mm-hmm. it entrainment for lack of a better word. But uh, yeah, I mean, I found this re- site recently called Quora and I really like it. It's just people asking questions to the public and then someone with expertise will typically respond. And, you know, it's just fascinating. You get all, kinds of mm-hmm. walks of life and you can go in there and choose certain topics you're interested in. But I can start reading that and the first five minutes are great. And then, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there 45 minutes later and like, I didn't want to spend 45 minutes on this. I was just reading a story to give me a break between answering my emails or trying to write something. And then all of a sudden I'm 45 minutes into it and I didn't get what I wanted to get done. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, yeah, that's another way to, to, to decrease your energy is to spend way too much time sitting in front of a screen. <laughs> yep. So we've hit um, physical, mental, and now spiritual. So really our, our connection with all that is, with creator, with divinity, however we conceive that. 
Yeah, that's a big conversation. I mean, if we're looking at the end of the, you know, spending our energy, we haven't talked about toxic relationships, you know, being in argumentative environments, low consciousness fields, you know, we can get into like excessive drug use and stuff like that. You can go all kinds of places with how to spend it. But uh, yeah, in terms of where you're spending it, um, energy with your spiritual life, again, if you're not aligned with uh, a loving religion or uh, a loving orientation towards life, then it's if it's not loving, it's 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 angry typically and hateful and anger and hate. It might give you adrenaline rush um, or some type of biochemical st- stimulation that feels good in the moment, but in the long term, it's going to be depleting. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's the first place we start with Jeff. That Jeff, I mean, obviously the the positive benefits might be self evident, but mm-hmm. you know, if your religion isn't a religion of love, then mm-hmm. you're 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 heading on a path. It's just going to take you to a place where you're likely not going to be happy, mm-hmm. happy, healthy, and wealthy is, you know, a lot of people are using that framework these days. Yeah. And I see, you know, many of us have, are not really in a religion, but on a spiritual path. Mm-hmm. Um, and generally, yeah, you're, fo- you're following a teacher, you're following a orientation to life and to divinity that's you know it looking for a loving spiritual path um that then is a way to spend your energy your personal energy and receive much more in return i mean that's been my experience Mm -hmm. in those kind of meditations where i'm really actively seeking and connecting and welcoming in you know the energy of a higher power and I just feel myself just fill with energy. You know, it really is a charging, you know, way to use your personal energy to to receive much more, in my experience, um, at least certain things. And uh, nature does that for me. I know around Nelson, British Columbia, boy, there's so much beauty there and so much uh, just un, you know, just unsullied nature at its finest. Yeah, I think a disconnection from nature too. I mean, if we look at, uh, just for example, I was talk, talking to a friend the other day and her talking about farming and mm-hmm. how most people, I mean, two generations back, most people grew up on a on a plot of land where they did gardening as part of the way they lived. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 90% of people at one point were involved in agriculture. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the exact number is now. It's 2021. It might be maybe 10%. I've heard in some cultures, it's as low as 2%. Mm. Depends how you, if you include the production of food and the transportation of food, because if you're farming your own plot of land or just gardening, you know, it's obviously right there. You don't have to move it around, but you still might have to process it, preserve it for the winter, can it, jar it, whatever you do. Mm -hmm. So I think being disconnected from nature uh, will in the long term de-energize us. And so we're talking about where we spend our energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for some people, that's, that's their spiritual connection. Yes. You know, that they, um, either they've, you know, disconnected from a, from religion or they just, 
don't connect with, you know, the term God or divinity. And it's really nature and that feeling of just the larger, larger than me, you know, uh, experience of nature and the cosmos. I know um, some people who it's really astronomy that is their connection. Mm, yeah. You know, looking out into the cosmos, into this really infinite space around us and infinite um, nature that, that, that is some people's connection and fills them up, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So we've, uh, you know, we talked about FLFE, Focus Life Force Energy, uh, and other podcasts, and that's what Clayton and I do together. And, and uh, just had a birthday recently uh, before we recorded this podcast. So FLFE activates a high consciousness field, as we said, and in that field is much more subtle energy, much more chi and prana. And, you know, we hear over and over from customers and people on the free trial, just that feeling of more personal energy and some of the other things that occur, we can talk a little more about later about, uh, you know, um, or, or now, Clayton, if you like, just the unblocking of the energetic blockages that we might have and how that the FLFE field helps with that? Yeah, well, any high consciousness field, um, the body has an innate intelligence where it uses that positive energy for healing. Typically, that's the first thing the body will do. Mm. And then it's, you know, it's healing issues or correcting problems. And then it starts to optimize systems. So if you can just get yourself into a high consciousness field, you know, you're walking around or we're all, we're all walking, walking around in these amazing bodies. I mean, it's easy to forget how incredible just being human is because the bodies take a lot of work. You have to feed them and clothe them and clean them and you know, do all kinds of things to them. And um, But there's so many things that happen automatically that, that you know, as, as a great as modern science is, we still don't understand all of the functions of the body and how it does what it does. There's just some kind of nonlinear things that happen within us. So being in a high consciousness field and, and FLFE stands for Focus Life Force Energy. It's a, it's a company that Jeff and I have. And, and, you know, our mission is to create the optimal conditions for the evolution of consciousness and an economized society. So that's basically a society where we work for a living. And um, we talk a lot about the Hawkins map of consciousness. Uh, if you're in an FLFE environment, typically uh, that environment's going to, well, it's going to calibrate at 550 or higher 98% of the time over a 24-hour period unless you adjust the consciousness with a little consciousness slider that you can you can move around and it's in your control panel when you do a free trial or sign up for a subscription. And uh, the average person that's in the field of FLFE for eight hours a day for about for 90 days, they go up about 10 points. And, you know, it literally, if you're in the field for 24 hours a day and for 90 days, you're typically going to go up about 30 points. And, um, one point on the Hawkins map of consciousness is 10 times more energy. 
So that's 10 times more power to create the life you want. And we also have things called um, requests to divinity or programs in the environment. Jeff, do you want to talk about that briefly? Yeah, I just wanted to put it just, yeah, I'd love to do that, Mm -hmm. Clayton. And just wanted to put a little emphasis on that, that increase in personal energy and going up 10 points or 30, 30 points is pretty extraordinary Mm -hmm. on this Hawkins map. But in terms of freedom is really how we tend to think about it. And we've talked about that kind of freedom from patterns, from beliefs that are holding us back, or they could be blockages in our energetic system. And just having more of that chi moving through our body and more energy available to us, it seems that there's this freedom that occurs where people are just more joyful in their everyday life and less driven by outside influences. You know, people have called it the, the FLFE bubble. Uh, there were, mm-hmm. Sometimes it gets called fluffy, FLFE fluffy bubble, where in that environment, there's, there's just more emphasis on freedom or just more freedom occurs. And that had, so having that energy available, you know, is, is, is there for us, but also in the environment, as Clayton said, we have resources for, for the body and for our entire being, for our innate intelligence to use. And some of that is around, um, unblocking subtle energy. Um, if there's, we call it anti-stagnation, kind of moving stag- stagnated energy through, uh, through the body and out. When you're in a field, the thought forms that people have had in that field, or that high consciousness field, which is typically associated with, say, a pilgrimage site or a sanctuary of t- some type, uh, you know, a, a church, a mosque, uh, um, any, you know, a labyrinth. Uh, there's people that have been holding a certain thought there for an extended period of time. The classic example is people praying, like at a monastery. And so those types of thoughts, we call them positive programs. Now, in negative environments, you have negative programs. So the way we're defining a program is to is to associate it with a, a, a an accumulation of energy of some type that has a thought form associated with it. That's how we're that's what we call a program. Mm-hmm. And um, in the FLF environment, as as we were talking about, uh, we make the specific request to divinity to help uh, raise the level of consciousness consciousness in particular ways. So Jeff mentioned earlier anti-stagnation. So if you study Chinese medicine, a lot of it is about moving energy through the body where it gets stuck and they have acupuncture, acupressure, as we've mentioned. They also have something called cupping where it focuses the energy in a very small area, which uh, used to, that's why I understand it. And then if that area has been low, then it helps it's moving because it's pulling energy from other places to that area and then moving it through. So, uh, which brings more vitality to the area. So many of these environments have a a tradition of a certain type of uh, positive thought form repeated over time. So Mm -hmm. uh, they have a type of healing and Mm -hmm. lots of them have, you know, piles of crutches and wheelchairs that people have left behind and walked away from. Mm -hmm. 
So that's mm-hmm. what we mean by programs, if you're curious about that. And and we're talking now about high consciousness fields in general. We just happen to be able to do that with a technological, uh, technologically assisted high consciousness field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in the high consciousness field, you know, as we've talked about, one of the benefits is more energy. So more cheese coming in. So in any high consciousness field, bringing in that the body brings it in, as we said, through breath, through absorption in, in maybe through the skin. And, you know, as we said, having more, more life force energy in the body can help us move up in consciousness as in a high consciousness field can help those low parts of us start to rise and, and resolve and transform and giving us again, more energy available to us. Um, and as we, we've talked about a little bit, that freedom, you know, from those clearings can start to happen where all of a sudden that pattern that I've been doing, you know, every day for the last 10 years, I just don't feel like doing it anymore. And it mm-hmm. just changes or smoking. We've talked, we've heard from smokers and, and, um, people um, with challenges with alcohol and drugs mm-hmm. in the FLFE environment um, being, you know, feeling more freedom and able to have the personal energy to, to transform themselves and, and uh, be free of those patterns. Yes. And then we have to get used to the new level of abundance and positivity <laughs> in our life, which, you know, for the most part, it's pretty joyful, but it can get a little bit, uh, it can get a little bit awkward at times when you find yourself in a new level of joy and happiness. And there's the old story that, you know, comes back for a visit or mm-hmm. the old experience that you get a, get a chance to look at. So there's, there's, there's that transition to where, you, you know, until you get used to it. And then it's like, it's the new, the new normal mm-hmm. as is being used a lot these days. Yeah, and some bodies of work, like spiral dynamics, um, is a is a method of looking at uh, consciousness uh, evolving. There's that death of the old patterns and the old beliefs, and that really kind of upheaval, chaotic time before the new ones really get formed and become the new habits or the new patterns, and so it's sometimes called dark night of the soul mm-hmm. where, you know, they, the old ways of connecting uh, sort of go away and the new ways haven't new, maybe higher ways of connecting to divinity or to, you know, however you conceive that may have not reformed. And there's that kind of upheaval of um, change. So change can be uncomfortable at times yeah, even, and leads us to more freedom. Yeah, even po- even positive change, <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> well, usually at the end of the, our our conversations here, we we have a takeaway, and um, I spent about twenty five years in in coaching full time, and one of the principles involved in any type of learning uh, in the courses I've taken, and maybe many of you can relate to this. If you choose to take an action as a result of your experience or your learning that you wouldn't have taken if you didn't have that experience, it will tend to 
help implement the positive parts of that into your life. So the invitation for from us is for you to pick um, a practice or an idea, such as you know, I'm going to manage my I'm going to manage my moods better. I'm going to be more aware of my thoughts. I'm going to get a little bit more exercise. And uh, try that between uh, this conversation and our next one, and you know, get you get to experience how your personal energy feels after that, and it will help you integrate the things that you that you would like to integrate from our conversation today. I know personally, I'm going to do some breathing exercises in the morning. Hmm. I'd like to do some breath of fire in the morning to get me going. So that's what that's what I'm going to try. Yeah, I've gotten away from my rebounder, so I think I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna start spending some time on that again. Mm-hmm. Well, that looks like that's it for today, Jeff. I'm gonna wrap mm-hmm. it up, and um, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thank you for joining Fields of Consciousness, the podcast of Consciousness Conversations. We invite you to visit the link below the episode to experience a completely free trial of focused life force energy for 15 days. And if you like, you can subscribe to Fields of Consciousness podcast and please tune in next time. We release new episodes every other week on Tuesdays at 11, 11 a.m. PST. Onward and upward. Upward.